Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great estate plans. My name is Tim Seckler, and I am the owner of the Seckler Law Firm. I am an attorney, and what I do is estate planning and elder law. And the reason that I do this radio show is because I, uh, I'm tired of seeing people make mistakes, and I think that people make mistakes because they don't have the right information. So why not just put the right information out there and then the theory goes that people will make good decisions. Uh, and so what I do with this radio show is each and every week I'm trying to put out information that you might find helpful, that you could use to make good decisions for yourself, your family, uh, and uh, and just how you want to plan for life's twists and turns. Uh, and this is uh, obviously not legal advice, so if you're listening to this radio show, please take it for what it is. It is information and education. If you have a specific legal problem, specific legal problems tend to require specific legal advice, and you should hire an attorney. Obviously, my law firm is for hire at 724-546-4227 or go to secularlawfirm.com. Now, my last name is hard to spell and my first name is not. So how about estateplantim.com, and you can find out all about how uh, we help our clients with these issues. Uh, now, this week's episode, it is Father's Day weekend. Uh, and so the episode is called Here's to the Dads. Uh, and uh, and what I want to do is talk a little bit about uh, how being a father, I am a father, I've got three little guys myself, uh, and you know my own experiences doing this, uh, and my own experiences with my own father, and, and sort of tie it into our responsibilities and how we can set up our kids uh, for success. Um, so, you know, being a dad, here it is. It's, it's difficult and time flies, right? So I've got three kids. My kids are currently 12, 10, and 7, and it feels like yesterday, right, uh, that, that we were blessed with these little guys. Um, and our life is busy, 12, 10, and 7. I own a business. Um, I have seen somewhere approximately 500 baseball games so far this year. Um, and, uh, and, you know, time just kind of goes by. And, and so when, when I think about... Uh, what are the major things that I have learned that I need to do as a father is I need to provide financially. I need to provide a place to live, some food, and all the rest, right? Education. Um, but there's more to it than, you know, just putting some money on the table when I get home from work, right? Um, we teach our kids morals and values. We teach our kids how to treat others with respect, or at least, you know, that's kind of the way I like to think about this. Um, and, you know, when I was thinking about what to say for this radio show, I was really thinking about um, in, in relating being a dad to estate planning and what lessons can we learn here uh, in, in order to set our, our family up for success. Um, I was thinking about what I do uh, for my kids, and I was thinking about how would those things get done if I were no longer here, right? And so one of the things that I think makes parenting uh, – well, let me say it like this. I think one of the things that, that is in, involved in being a good parent is planning for your own absence because whether I'm here or not, I'm trying hard to raise good humans 
And if I'm not here, I still want my kids to be raised to be good humans. And so then what is that going to require? Um, and this is where estate planning fits into um, to the conversation around fatherhood is because we need to do this. You need to do estate planning. Listen up, dads. Uh, I don't care if your kids are six and seven years old or if your kids are 60 years old. You need to do good estate planning. It's part of our job. Um, and so what does that really mean? Well, from one sense, it's the same as uh, the financial support, right? So I've got little guys, um, and a goal I have is to make sure that if I would pass away, they're still financially stable. They get to live in the house. They get the education they need, uh, and and they're going to maintain a a lifestyle that we've grown accustomed to. Um, So there's a financial element to it. But there's also the other stuff. There's the morals and values. Who's going to teach them? The things you know, I'm I'm trying to teach my sons right now how to become uh, fishermen, not just like bobber and worm fishermen, but like actually getting out there and and learning a thing or two about about how rivers run and about how uh, bass behave in water. And and you know, I'm I'm trying to teach this to them. And and is it important if I'm no longer here that they learn how to fish? Well. To me, it is. Uh, it may not be to them, and if they don't want to do it, fine. But you could take it anything else. We also like to ski. We also like uh, to swim. We also like to do other things. And so then I think about how do we continue, and who are they going to be the people involved that can continue to provide these experiences and this, this education? And, and then there's the more serious stuff, like uh, how do I know that my children, if I'm not here slapping them on the back of the head, how do I know that they're going to treat adults with respect? Uh, who's going to be the person slapping them on the back of the head when when they disrespect an adult? Um, and so, you know, this this is where we really get to the heart of what estate planning means during fatherhood. Um, because I, I I suggest if you're a dad, particularly of younger children, you don't just come home at the end of a, a work week and put your check on the table, right, and then leave. We're we're doing a little bit more than that. Um, and I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that estate planning, all I really need to do is answer the question, who gets my stuff when I pass away? And some notion of how much money are they going to get and do I need life insurance, right? Because life insurance is, you know, thought to replace my income if I pass away. So, one of the things when I'm working with young families on their estate plan, one of the things that is almost a rule rather than an exception is most parents of young children are underinsured. Now, I don't sell life insurance. This is not a pitch for me to sell you a life insurance contract. Um, but you probably should buy one or several life insurance contracts more than you have, okay? So rules of thumb are never the thing, and I'm not licensed to actually give insurance advice, but a thing I've heard, a thing I've read that seems to make some sense is to figure out how much money you make and how much money you think your family needs every year, uh, and then divide that number by 0.04, right? Because what we want that number to be, the annual amount, we want that to be 4% of a greater sum of money right now that greater sum of money because here's the thought process let's just say that i wanted 
to provide $40,000 a year of cash to my kids, right? Well, if I can invest pretty predictably, 4%, almost guaranteed, then a million dollars of life insurance, if it was invested in, in pretty much guaranteed 4%, that would be $40,000 a year. So it would take a million dollars of life insurance to pretty much guarantee that there was $40,000 a year. Now, if I wanted it to be $80,000 a year, it would be $2 million of life insurance, right? Um, and that is what would occur so that I can pretty much indefinitely say that that amount of money exists. Because if you think about, like, there's, there's a lot of clients who come in. So let's say I've got a, a father who is raising kids, and the father makes $80,000 a year, okay? Good paycheck. Um, living in a nice neighborhood at $80,000 a year, particularly if we're married and we've got a spouse also making that, that kind of money. Okay. Well, the policy at work that you have is probably, what, two, three times your annual salary. Right? Um, so let's say that that's $250,000. So if you've got a $250,000 policy at work, you pass away, here comes $250,000 in cash, that money's gone in three years, right? So from the way I want you to look at your life insurance number is not it, – it, it's not eating away at the principle of the life insurance. I want to know how much life insurance do I have that my family can live off of the interest of the sum of money that I bought because now I know that that money is going to be there, not going to end in three years. That money is going to be there indefinitely for my family. At least that's how I look at life insurance in my own household. Um, and particularly for young dads, term life insurance is cheap, right? As long as you're in good health, term life insurance is cheap. Um, and from my standpoint, if it means I got to buy a little lesser vehicle, or it means I got to pay for a little lesser Netflix, and I can put that money into a term life insurance policy. Well, seems to me that's kind of part of my job is being a father. Right, is to make sure that if I pass away, if I'm in the proverbial car accident or hit by the proverbial bus, my kids still have the money. But here's the thing. It's not just about money, right, because I do a lot more than just put the money on the table at the end of the payday. And so what are we going to do behind those dollars to impart morals and values on my family? Now, obviously, if I passed away, and it was just me that passed away. My my children would live with my wife. She would be their guardian. Um, but if we're going to be serious about estate planning, we got to plan for what would happen if both myself and my wife passed away. Uh, because I love my children, and that's part of the job is to plan for worst-case scenarios. And so if my wife and I both passed away and my kids are still around, now who's in control? So in a will, we name a guardian. Guardian is the person who kind of steps into the role of the parents. Now, the guardian is going to make the where do you live decisions, the where do you go to school decisions, the trying to raise you day-to-day -day decisions. In a lot of ways, steps in as uh, the parent. But it's not the only person to consider. Um, we could also do a thing like this. Rather than the life insurance, like if, if, I, if my wife and I would both pass away, and I do what a lot of families do, and I have a will that says all to my wife and then to the kids, and then I've got a life insurance policy. Now, the will might have an underage trust built into it. The will might say, if I pass away, then um, 
the money goes to my kids in trust, managed by someone until they hit whatever age, 18, 21, 25. Now, if it doesn't have an underage trust, then you're in Uniform Transfers to Minors Act, uh, which you're going to end up with the money on the 21st birthday. Now, I don't know about you, but had I ended up with a big life insurance policy, a bunch of cash on my 21st birthday, boy, there would have been a heck of a party, and I'm not sure that that money would still be around, and I'm not sure that I would be doing what I do for a living. Um, there would have been some different, probably negative life choices as a result of coming into that kind of money at 21 years old. And so then I think we got to be real careful with relying on those provisions because 21 is too young. And so then we got to put together some sort of a trust to manage the money because otherwise guardianship is going to end, the Uniform Transfers to Minors Act is going to end, and your kid's going to have a, a wad of cash on their 18th or 21st birthday. Well, that's too young. So <clears throat> what's the right number? Is it 25? I tend to think 30, maybe even older. So let me just explain kind of how I have planned for my own children. There's a person named as a guardian in the will. But then there's also a trust that's established for the benefit of my children. And the life insurance does not go to my kids. The life insurance goes to a trust for the benefit of the kids. And now these dollars are subject to the terms of the trust. Now, what's interesting about the trust, the guardianship ends at age 18, but the trust doesn't. So there will still be someone with morals and values consistent with mine with the pen to the checkbook until my children are in their 30s. Now, we can use the money for the kids. The, the trustee of this trust can use the money for education. We can use the money for health care. We can use the money for a decent standard of living. But the trustee of the trust who is a trusted family member is someone who I believe has morals and values consistent with mine who's going to help be involved in my kid. They may or may not be the guardian. It may be someone else. We have a little check and balance here. But now that trust is going to continue to hold the money until my kid hits the stated age. Let's just say it's 30. Now, the way a lot of these estate plans go is when the kid hits that age, then the trust is going to empty out, and then the kid hits the money, gets the money at 30. Um, better than 21 from a maturity standpoint, at least at least most of the time. Um, but then what's the next issue that I want to think about? And, you know, I'm an estate planner, right? I do this all day long. I, I work with families who have young kids, and I work for families who have kids who are not so young. And I can tell you, my clients who have kids in their 30s, one of the concerns that they have is if I pass away and I leave all this money to my little girl, what happens if she goes through a divorce? Uh, because she married this guy, and sometimes the marriage seems happy, and sometimes it doesn't. So if I leave my money to my kid, what happens if they go through a divorce? See, the, if, if, you're, if you're 50 years old and your daughter's 25 years old, you're still the dad, and you're just thinking about different things. Like my little girl right now is seven. I'm just wanting to make sure that she is safe and doesn't harm herself and is getting a good education. But once she's 25, I'm probably going to be concerned about her career. I'm probably going to be concerned about her marriage. I'm probably going to be concerned about a lot of things. And I can still plan for those things. I can protect my little girl when she goes through a divorce um, because we just leave the money in the trust. We don't distribute out the trust on their, tw on their 30th birthday. What we do is we just leave the money in the trust, but my little girl can become her own trustee. So she can become in control of the money once she hits the age, but we don't have to distribute it out, which will tend to protect the money from things like divorces and lawsuits and creditors. Pretty good move there, Dad, protecting your little girl from her first divorce, right? So thing to think about. Then we could go a little bit older, 
And I guess I should tell you who I am in case you, you know, uh, tuned in here late. My name's Tim Seckler. You're listening to Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm. I'm an estate planning and elder law firm located in Cranberry Township, but we've got a couple of offices around town. Uh, and if the things I'm talking about today on this beautiful Father's Day weekend uh, register with you, then you should probably get some planning in action, and you can do that by reaching out to us at 724-546-4227. Again, 724-546-4227. Or check us out at secularlawfirm.com. Now, my last name is hard to spell. My first name is not. So let's go to estateplantim.com. You'll get to our website, and um, we'll be able to help you out and, and set this thing up. So I've talked about, I think, the role and responsibility of having enough life insurance, making that sure that that life insurance goes to a trust for the benefit of my children. Now, when my children are a little bit older, my concerns for them might shift from making sure that they ha- are raised properly to making sure that they don't lose their stuff to things like divorces and lawsuits and all these different issues. Now, here's an interesting thing that I want you to consider. In my own estate plan... Um, it's common for people that are retirees or, or uh, older to want to avoid probate. Right? So probate is the definition of the administration of a will when you pass away. And people talk about avoiding probate um, um, to avoid time, to avoid expense, to, uh, to avoid headache. Uh, I happen to be a fan of doing um, this type of planning for younger families, too. Right, so there's this kind of thing out there that people think that oh, you know, we're young, we're just getting started, we just got little kids, we can just do a will. Well, let me share an experience I had with you recently. I had a case where a grandmother passed away, and it was an Allegheny County case, and she passed away, and she left some money to her kids who were adults, and she left some money to her grandchildren who were not; they were little guys. And there's several little guys, and each of them were to inherit something like. Uh, six or seven thousand dollars and the will said that she should receive her inheritance that that the uh, grandchildren should receive their inheritance in a thing called a uniform transfers to minors act which we were talking about a few minutes ago the uniform transfers to minors act would hold the money with the parents in control until the kids turn 21 years old fine for seven thousand dollars we really don't need to do anything more complicated than that except the judge wouldn't let us do it The judge required the money to be held in court sequestered accounts, and the rationale apparently was that he had seen a uh, uniform, that the parent that was in control of a uniform transfers to minors act account, he had seen a parent steal from their children, and so therefore that judge believed, we're not doing it this way anymore. We're going to do it with court sequestered accounts, and now the court system is essentially in control of the money until the kids turn 18 or 21 years old, which for me is not good enough for my kids. I don't know the judge. I don't want the judge. I don't need him involved in my children's life. I don't want to have to ask him for an allowance. I don't want any of that nonsense. So as soon as that happened, even as a relatively young fellow, I adjusted my estate plan, and now when I pass away, things don't necessarily go through the will. We're going to use a lot of trust-based planning because a trust is administered around a lawyer's conference table rather than in the courthouse, which tends to save some headaches, some expense, uh, and, and some of this, uh, when, I, when I talk about headaches, some of this, the judge just kind of inserting his or her own opinion into what is in my children's best interest. I would much rather that be a decision between me, my wife, and the people that we name. I don't need a judge. And so I would encourage you to think about if, even if, um, even if you, you think maybe you're not old enough to consider trust in these types of things, 
if we're going to do serious estate planning, if we really want to do good by our children, which every dad wants to do good by their children, and we really want to answer the question, what happens if I'm not around, then I think we should answer that question well. I don't think we just want to check a box that I've got some document I printed off the Internet or went to some attorney. And you know, I want to do the planning correctly. Here's an interesting question, right? In a will, you name guardians of minor children. Fine. Got to do that. But the will in the guardian is not appointed for sometimes several weeks after the parents pass away. Well, who shows up the night I pass away? Right? If my wife and I, God forbid, if my wife and I would both pass away in the same car accident and the police car shows up in my driveway to go talk to the babysitter about what just happened and my kids are in that house and the blue lights are on, who's the person who shows up that night? Is it a family member of mine? Can I set it up with something called an emergency guardianship so that it's somebody that I know and want to be there? Could I, could I have the neighbors be there with proper documentation? So, Or is some county social worker going to take my kids away? Um, because that's not where I want them that first night, the worst night of their life. That's not what I want to have happen. Uh, and, and I know that you're not thinking about this, dads. I know that this is not a thing that's on your radar. And I know that you don't do for a living what I do for a living. But if you did what I do for a living, you would have this thing put together because I'm going to answer that question. If my children are going to go through the worst night of their life, they are not going to do it with a county social worker. They're going to do it with a friend or a family member. They're holding them. Um, and that's just good planning. But that's a little bit more planning than just saying who gets my stuff when I pass away or putting some beneficiary designation at some insufficient life insurance contract at work that says all to my wife and equal shares to the kids. So if we want to be serious about it, in my opinion, great families make great estate plans. Great parents, the great estate plan is planning for your absence, and we need to have a serious conversation. I'm happy to have this serious conversation with you about what would actually happen if you passed away, because if you're doing an estate plan, you're probably thinking, what would happen if I pass away? And so many people just print out this document that says equal shares to my kids. And what that essentially looks like is when I pass away, somebody shows up at my house and drops a money bag on the kitchen table, and then the kids are in there fighting over it. But we do a lot more than just come home at the end of a paycheck, at the end of a pay week, and put the check on the table. And, and we got to we got to replace those things too. And then I want to do a note uh, here for for um, my senior dads. Hey, senior dads, um, I want to encourage you to do a thing. I want to encourage you to well, I want to encourage you to do two things. The first thing I want to encourage you to do is start communicating. Okay? I know it's hard. I know you spent your whole life not telling your kids anything. But let me tell you an experience that I have very frequently. A senior passes away. The adult children that are the executor show up at the office, and they have no idea what dad owned. They got no idea how much money dad owned. They have no idea where it is. They have no idea where the bank is. And now they're the executor. And so now we're working dozens and dozens and dozens of hours. And when the attorneys are involved, it's at an hourly rate to try to figure out what you own so that we understand what's in the estate so that we can do the job. You can save your children dozens and dozens of hours of work and lots and lots of headache by simply telling them what you got. Now, you don't even have to tell them how much. Hey, kid, here's the bank I bank at. In this shelf is the list of account numbers that I have. 
And now we have a situation where if something bad happens to you, we've got control. Okay, so please consider communicating with your kids. You're going to save them a ton of time and money when it does come for them to, to help you out. Now, the other thing I want you to consider is this. Um, your biggest risk in retirement, and again, I'm talking to my, my retired dads with adult children, your biggest financial risk is what happens if you get sick, right? The Alzheimer's Association says one in three of us is going to have dementia. Nursing homes, folks, are $160,000 a, a year, today's dollars, and most people can't handle that. And so if you are concerned about what would happen if I needed the nursing home, is my wife going to have a, a place to live? Are my kids going to still receive an inheritance? I worked 60 years to save this nest egg. I don't want to give it to some nursing home. If you're concerned about that, then great families make great estate plans, and we can make a great estate plan that will probably involve doing some asset protection work, which is what we talk about at our estate planning and elder law workshop called The Three Seekers to Protect Your Legacy, uh, which we have in the North Hills, we have in the South Hills, um, and I would encourage you to attend. If you go to estateplantim.com, you'll find the upcoming workshops. I've got a Cranberry Township uh, workshop coming up. I have a South Point office uh, uh, workshop coming up. And we're going to teach you how to do this stuff. So um, here's nothing but respect to the dads out there doing the, doing the good deeds, fighting the good fight. Um, I wanted to give you this message. Cheers to you. Keep doing it. Um, and keep being good to those kiddos. But in my opinion, great parents plan for their own absence. And my question for you is, is this a thing we got to get done? Because if this is a thing we got to get done, it's part of the job, guys. Let's get it done. Give us a call anytime, 724-546-4227. Thanks for listening this weekend. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. Have a great Father's Day weekend. Take care.